0: Welcome to Solutions OP Clinical Trials Podcast. My name is Olga, and I'm the Managing Director of Solutions OP. We are a small team of experienced professionals working on clinical trials in the United Kingdom. I'll use our podcast to discuss hot topics in clinical trials and provide analysis of the latest trends and challenges in pharma and medical device industries, not just in the UK, but globally thank you for listening. Welcome to this episode of the podcast uh, where we'll discuss how do we select investigators for clinical trials. So in the previous episode, uh, we talked about uh, patients participating in in clinical trials and why there are less less patients uh, who participate in clinical trials. Now, uh, today we'll talk about physicians and Uh, their role in clinical research and and, um, their interest in clinical research and how this affects uh, the overall uh, involvement in research on an even country level. So that's a a very uh, interesting topic and it's uh, closely related to Um, how many patients we have uh, who participate in clinical trials. So I don't have specific statistics about uh, physicians who are interested in research, but my observation uh, throughout the years is that there are not so many physicians who have interest in research and who are participating in clinical trials as investigators So, um, we'll talk about a little bit. So, let's see why physicians may not be interested in clinical research and why we have uh, um, not so many uh, physicians interested. So, I think the the first, maybe, and main part is the the lack of awareness uh, and training. Uh, Because in in the medical schools, uh, they, they definitely teach them, you know, how to treat patients and all that. But they don't necessarily teach them how to do research, how to, let's say, write their own clinical trial protocol or, you know, how to participate in what we call commercial study, which is funded and sponsored by a a commercial company. So they don't necessarily have that knowledge and and there's no one to teach them how how this is done. So maybe this is uh, one big reason why... uh, Uh, Many young physicians don't have experience and they don't have, you know, a lot of interest in in clinical research and in in clinical trials. Uh, But uh, that's not the only reason. Sometimes it's just a lack of personal interest in research. You, You know, there's some people who they're quite happy and content to look after their patients, but they don't necessarily want to be involved in research. So they they're quite happy as they are, uh, and uh, I mean it's it's fair enough. It's it's their choice at the end of the day, and it depends on on the person and, and their personality. Uh, but another uh, another factor that I wanted to mention here is the lack of time. Uh, so as we uh, all know, uh, physicians around the globe, not just in the UK, uh, but everywhere, they're quite stretched uh, in terms of uh, of time and hospitals are struggling with resources so when you are uh, quite overwhelmed with your existing patients it's quite understanding that you won't want to take any more work um, because at the end of the day uh, participating in clinical research is um, is additional work to their existing workload and uh, you know time in this case uh, their time is a uh, uh, is really important factor, even if they have interest, uh, if they're quite stretched, they might not be able to <laughs> to participate in, in research. And I've seen that um, throughout the years, you know, so, sometimes uh, physicians just get back to us during feasibility stage and say, well, we are interested, but unfortunately, we just wouldn't have the time to do it. and <laughs> Fair enough, uh, uh, I can completely understand this argument uh, but uh, uh, let 's talk about some some other other factors uh, which uh, um, impact uh, participation of physicians in research and I think uh, another important one is the lack of mentoring um, uh, in when you have especially young uh, physicians uh, who are just uh, Going in practice and they work in different hospitals, if we want to involve them in research and we really want to um, to get them keen on doing research themselves uh, uh, later on at later stage, we need to be providing them adequate mentoring and um, support, so someone to supervise them and help them you know, just to to navigate how to run a clinical trial or how to be a sub-investigator in a clinical trial because this is important learning for them. And if they have a proper mentoring and and proper supervisor who who guides them and is supportive, I think a lot more physicians will be very keen to participate in research because they will see the actual value of research uh, that brings to, to patients. So, this is uh, something I, I really hope we can improve uh, uh, for all young physicians uh, who are coming on board and who are involved in research in one way or another. Uh, and there is a, another uh, a factor um, here that we have to mention is the lack of interest in the research topic, uh, and it, it happens um it happens even i would say often sometimes you have a clinical trial um uh which is i mean it's not uh, it's not really boring but it's not bringing any new value to the patients and for for some physicians um uh, just doing research for the sake of research is not enough they want to see that this research is actually s- helping their patients and I can completely understand. So sometimes uh, it's just there's no interest in the research topic. Um, It happens, especially if you have clinical trials where you have like a new drug formulation, but it's existing drugs. So they might not necessarily be uh, super keen to participate because they know the drug is already available on the market. So you're just trying new formulation. And uh, for them, it's not a it's not a challenge and probably doesn't bring value to their patients. Uh, so they might not be, you know, personally interested in, in that kind of research, um, which I'm not saying everyone is not interested, but there will be some some people that will not be interested. Uh, so after we review the, the potential challenges, um, I think it's important also to discuss What is the impact of physician participation in clinical research on the research in general? So what happens if we don't have many physicians interested in in research? As a general, uh, we'll see less research going on in the country. Uh, you see, of course, less patients having access to clinical trials because if the physician is not taking any clinical trials to do themselves, you know, there, there won't be more clinical trials coming because there will be no interest, you know, from, from the physician's points, uh, point. Uh, and also uh, another impact is that you have uh, less people involved in research on a hospital level and, um, you know, in order to to have a, a good research center, uh, you need to have not just experienced physicians, not just patients who are interested to participate, but you need to have the whole team who has experience and skills to do research. This involves research nurses and other supporting team like pharmacy, local lab, radiology sometimes, you know, different departments they need to have experience in research in order to be able to support clinical trials on a hospital level. So if there is less research coming to the hospital, of course, these people will not have sufficient training. And uh, uh, this could impact uh, really the research on a country level because, you know, there'll be less studies coming and... uh, less uh, um, access to, to new drugs and, and new medical devices. And of course, less experience for, for people who could get experience in, on working on clinical trials. So as you can uh, imagine, this is a really high impact. Uh, the physician's involvement in research as, uh, is as important as patient's involvement in research. Uh, but uh, uh, let's talk about how do we select physicians to conduct, uh, to conduct clinical trials. So I'll, I'll talk uh, uh, more general, not specifically for UK, but there's some examples for UK that I'll give you. Uh, I think it's more or less uh, globally people face similar, <laughs> similar issues um, at the moment uh, in terms of selecting investigators for their studies. So the first uh, important thing that we we use uh, before we select investigators is uh, their expertise in the disease area. Of course, we want to consider people who are experts and who know what they're doing, uh, who have experience many years. Ideally, they have experience in in clinical research. That's important as well. Uh, But I think it's uh, also important that we consider young physicians who are keen and interested to participate in research. And uh, in many cases, uh, companies tend to to select, you know, the, the big guns, I would say, uh, the ones that are very famous and have um, very strong experience in, in their disease area. But I think we need to give chance to, to, to young investigations be, uh, investigators because this is how we... Um, Train people, and this is how we allow them to to progress and become experts in their area when they're involved in research and you know they, they gain this really good experience for them. Uh, so I think it's important uh, um, uh, to consider young investigation, uh, investigators in in many cases, uh, however, this might not be an option for example, if you have a clinical trial in gene therapy you know you need to have uh, really uh, a physician who is very experienced and ideally has experience in gene therapy as well Um, because of the complexity of the trial you know you need to have really someone who is very experienced and in in that particular case uh, selecting a a young uh, physician might not be the best option but you can still involve any young physicians as sub investigators in that hospital, uh, and you know give them chance to to work uh, on the clinical trial. So the other uh, option that um, we always consider when we um, select um, investigators uh, in clinical trials is the key opinion leaders. So the key opinion leaders are normally. Uh, um, physicians with a lot of experience and expertise uh, who are involved in setting up the treatment guidelines uh, on a country level. Um, of course, <laughs> there, there are not many of them. There are a few, quite a few in the in, um, uh, in in general uh, but in each specific disease area you might not have lots of experts uh, in the country uh, who are involved in in this as a key opinion leaders uh, so the the great benefit of having key opinion leaders of course is you have uh, their expertise they can also advise you on treatment practices at the moment and any cha- upcoming changes in the treatment practices so their knowledge of course is extremely valuable. Uh, But at the same time, there are some challenges in terms of uh, key opinion leaders. Um, Very often, companies always go after the key opinion leaders and they have a very high volume of clinical trials. Um, And uh, as you can imagine, that would lead to a very high workload Uh, And very often uh, what we've observed is uh, they have a a low recruitment uh, uh, rate uh, at the hospitals. They recruit less patients and generally they're not that involved uh, in the clinical trial. It's not because they don't want to. Uh, (laughs) I think we need to be clear on this one. It's because these key opinion leaders, they're involved in many different committees. They go to different meetings, conferences. So I think it's just physically they don't have the time to be that involved in the clinical trial. So very often um, uh, things are done by sub-investigators in at, at the hospitals and it is challenging. Um, uh, so that's something that we need to consider, you know, when we select sites because we need to um, uh, not just cons- consider the ones who are key opinion leaders, but we need to consider recruitment as well. And uh, uh, the hospitals and the physicians who have actually the time to run the clinical trial and, you know, can recruit uh, a good amount of patients. So that's a important, <laughs> important factor. Um, another thing about the key opinion leaders is um, very often the, the the companies make mistakes. They they want to involve as many as possible key opinion leaders. So if there are three or four people in the country who are key opinion leaders in this um, disease indication, they'll just approach all of them and they'll push them really hard to, to take this clinical trial. And that's not necessarily a good thing uh, because... Sometimes uh, one person might be interested and might be willing to to take the study, but the others might not necessarily be interested. So we need to respect their opinion. And if if they're not keen and um, uh, you see them a bit reluctant, you have to let them, you know, decline the study and uh, uh, not try to push them into something they don't want to do because at the end they won't be able to recruit. They have their own reason why they're not willing to to take the study. It could be just because they have resources and they're not able to take any more studies at this point. Uh, But companies, you know, I can understand, they're very keen to have the key opinion leaders. Uh, And I think it's it's important to remember that we need to respect their wishes as well and not try to force them into something they don't want to do. Another (laughs) important complication... Of having uh, several key opinion leaders on a clinical trial is, for example, in the UK, we need to have a chief investigator. Uh, and uh, normally, if you have a key opinion leader, one person, you just approach this person and ask him to be a chief investigator. But if you have two or three people, it gets really complicated because the sponsor is supposed to select who will be the chief investigator, and you have, you know, these experts. You don't want to give preference to one um, over the others because the others might get upset, you know, that <laughs> they've not been picked up as the chief investigators. Uh, so I think it's um, um, when we select sites and, and investigators for clinical trial, we really need to be thinking carefully and make good choices and um, um, not try to force people and at the same time you know, um, select sites that will recruit patients. Uh, So that's that's, an important thing. So another uh, uh, thing I wanted to mention in terms of selecting sites for clinical trials is it's very important also the experience of the clinical research team. Sometimes you might have a very experienced investigator, but the research team could be quite new and not very experienced simply because there is a high turnover at the hospital and they're having resource issues Um, so in this case of course you can still select this hospital but you need to keep in mind that the people working on the study are not so experienced so they need a lot more hand holding and a lot more support uh, to do the study so that's something that you need to evaluate before you make the decision if you you know if you're selecting a specific hospital or not and you can see see the opposite you may have a very experienced team uh but the investigator might be you know quite new to research i mean he's been working as a sub-investigator but maybe he's never worked as a principal investigator in a clinical trial. Uh, and, um, in, in such cases, you know, you need to provide a bit more support to, to that investigator until they, they get used to what they need to do and, you know, uh, feel more comfortable. So that's, uh, uh important, uh, part. Then, um, another very important part is the hospital suitability. So, um, one of the things we need to identify before selecting any hospitals is to understand if they actually have capacity because sometimes hospitals are very busy and they don't have capacity to take more studies and even if you select this investigator and he's very keen to participate and and the team is keen it might be that the hospital actually has no capacity to start any new clinical trials, and you might need to wait until you be able to set them up. So that's something that it's important to understand on the very, very early stage, um, as much as you can, of course, um, what kind of capacity the hospital has. And uh if You need to have any delays, what kind of delays you can expect. So that's another important thing to to have in mind when selecting uh, uh, sites. Uh, And uh, of course, uh, you need to make sure that they have all the uh, necessary equipment to conduct the clinical trial, because this is sometimes uh, a challenge as well. Some hospitals might not have all the equipment that other hospitals will have. So that's something to consider. And, uh, and the last thing uh, <laughs> which I want to mention is, uh, of course, it's always good to have input from the CRAs and or if you're using a CRO, you know, input from people who you work with uh, and who work with this hospital, if they can provide you some feedback um, about setup of the hospital, any challenges, you know, any current uh, resource issues or any delays, anything like that. So it's good always to speak to CRAs who work with with the sites as well and and, um, hear feedback from them. So in conclusion, uh, what I want to to summarize is uh, that we need to have more physicians involved in research. Because only um, um, after they're interested in research, uh, we can have more treatment options uh, and access to new therapies and medical devices for our patients. Uh, but in order to do this, um, there are a few things that we need to consider. So we need to consider more training options for young physicians in medical school, but also um, uh, workshops and um uh, different other opportunities uh, to give them access to, to research. Um, another thing that we need to, to consider is uh, uh, to have more adequate mentoring for young physicians. Um, it's not just in, on a hospital level by senior physicians, but also by the sponsor of the clinical trial, because the sponsors could also provide support and guidance to them when they need uh, in making treatment decisions or in managing adverse events. So this is important support that we need to provide to to young physicians and and help them learn, uh, not only about research, but about the drug and, and the management of patients in general. I think this is a really um, a vital part of uh, of getting physicians who are experts and they're very comfortable working with patients and, and prescribing medications and so on, so it is important that they have this exposure um, uh, to research and uh, of course, um, another uh, thing which I think is is a good option. Uh, is to have some encouragement for participating in research, even if it is uh, recognition or any career development opportunities or additional payments, because if we have to be honest, this is additional work for them. They have their day uh, practice, they see these patients uh, and they have patients who participate uh, in clinical trials, which will have more frequent visits, uh, more involvement from the physicians. So if that's an extra work for them, it makes sense that this extra work is paid and um, that will definitely encourage them uh, to be more involved in research. Uh, and uh, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity to, to look into uh, so, thank you very much for for listening, and I hope this topic was interested for you, interesting for you, uh, and um, we'll see what's next. <laughs> thank you.